Yo, what's going on, y'all? What's going on? Uh, welcome back to another just wonderful, splendiferous, uh, as they say in the ghetto. Welcome back to another episode, man. It's been whew, it's been a hot week. It's been a wild week. Um, I want to talk about some NBA today, right? So the NBA has been on my mind. Uh, just a lot of a lot of stories. A lot of controversy, a lot of talk. Um, but I want to discuss a few things, including a public enemy number one, uh, Adam Silver. So the first thing I want to discuss is it's a lot of things going on, right? So we got the fans issue, um, which I think will get worse just because society is in this um and i say society because it's not a generation it's not a a, a age group it's a societal thing uh whether doing this you know halfway attention seeking um tiktok kind of era uh that we in uh, i've seen people uh breaking out dancing on a plane in the middle of the airport, flash dances, things that have always happened, but out of just a much, much, much less annoying clip, um, <laughs> and not always in our face. The one thing I would, the first thing I want to discuss is where do we go from here, right? So currently, the Lakers are down three-two. And the Clippers are down 3-2. And the Nets just eliminated the Celtics. The Bucks eliminated the Heat. And the 76ers just eliminated the Wizards. Uh, Jazz also eliminated Memphis. We'll discuss that too, right? I want to discuss the Clippers and the Lakers first because those are the, uh, the, they've been the favorites the last two years. Heavy favorites the last two years, uh, with the inclusion of uh, the Nets and the Bucks. Uh, I would still say the Nets. The Nets are probably number two this year. You know, it's probably. I think it was a lot of one uh, A, one B, one C type of deal. It could be like something like that too. But but either way, right? So the Lakers are down. Uh, Andy Davis is hurt for some reason. They let him play in game. I think four. Uh, Phoenix should have closed out that game, obviously, because the series could have just been over instead of going into a game six with LeBron James, which is, you know, the Lakers, like I said, they're down 3-2, but statistically, what's the chance of LeBron getting eliminated in the first round? Like, this is kind of crazy. Schroeder has been... Um, trash, right? So, you know, I feel like I have a few different things about uh, sports, sports media, etc. Uh, obviously, I'm not sports media, but when you have an opinion, you have an opinion. When somebody sees that opinion, it just depends on uh, how much it can get blown up, depending on who sees your opinion, and etc., uh, etc. Et so, I'm fully up with criticizing people who make millions of dollars to put a ball in the hoop because let's let's just be you know let's be realistic for a second right it's a ball in the hoop this is real life stuff uh i like to you know it's a real life podcast obviously i like to keep it real a little bit right it it really doesn't matter that a schroeder is is trash uh kcp is trash they're already set for life there's literally set for life the families are set for life everybody's set for life so me saying schroeder play like dog shit should mean absolutely nothing uh, to anybody, including him, uh, because that's how he played, uh, and he's getting paid uh, very well uh, to play like that. So, you know, you know, it's just, I guess it's like a fort wall that we that we sometimes cross to where, you know, there's a lot of things going on with uh, Naomi Osaka. Uh, did I say that name, uh, last name correctly? I'm sorry. 
Whereas uh, people are going at it. She's just like, hey, I didn't want to speak to the press. It's a mental health thing. Hey, she didn't even have to say that, to be honest. Uh, you didn't, she didn't have to dignify uh, motherfuckers to that. She could have just said, hey, I don't feel like talking to y'all today. Uh, I'll talk to y'all later. And uh, it's kind of got a little blowback. But I think that's completely different. Um, her wanting to have a break from the press, from reporters, from talking, um, and receiving that type of criticism she got in comparison to me criticizing the actual performance of a player. Um, I think they are the same coin, just two different sides, right? It's still criticism. Um, it's still a real person that goes through real things. You never know what Schroeder or KCP is going through. Uh, KCP is a fucking felon. Uh, so I'm sure there's some extra things that he has to go through in life. He has to deal with in life. I'm sure, you know, traveling um, to like Canada for Toronto games is pretty fucking tough. I don't, he probably can't even go. I don't know. You know what? Let me look up if KCP can even go to Toronto. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, you, there's a lot of difficulties, right? Like, for right now, the Toronto Raptors were playing in Florida the entire season. So you got some dudes that have been playing in Canada, right? So uh, obviously, I've never been to Canada. Obviously, obviously, like, I've never been anywhere. I've never been to Canada. Um, but I know just from stories here and uh, seeing NBA, different NBA players have played in Toronto and at one point uh, Vancouver. Um, every time they go back to the country, they have to go through customs. If you've been outside of the country before, um, you know that customs to me, I've never had a big inconvenience. Well, I've had an inconvenience one time in, in, in German customs, but uh, that was a more of a nigga, why are you here issue than a uh, an actual issue. That was a nigga, why are you passing through this country to go to this country? Why are you here? It was one of those things. I'll discuss that at a, a later time. Uh, I was there for 30 minutes at the window. Imagine you sitting at the window for 30 minutes um, talking. But that's another story. So these cats have to go through customs every time before they when they go through to Canada. That means they have to go through regular airport. Oh, it's a big pain in the ass. In my opinion, it's a, it's, it could be it's a big pain in the ass. So, uh, these are people that stayed in Canada. So imagine... Your whole life has been in Canada. Uh, I know it's a lot of younger players there, but think about somebody like Kyle Lowry who's been up there probably like eight plus years at this point. Well, he has to play in Florida. Um, what about his school? What about his kids? I don't know if he have kids. What, what, his wife? I don't know if he have a wife, girlfriend. What about his life? You telling me I stay in Canada in Toronto, and we're gonna be playing in in Florida? It's a pandemic. My kids go to school. My wife works. My wife does this. We have a community. We have a we have a community. We have a family. Our, our life is there. So there's a lot of these real life things that happen. And I think, um, you know, like I said, it's 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 the same coin. It's just different sides of it. Um, as far as criticism, but I feel like I can criticize your performance if you make like ten million dollars. $15 million to put a ball in the hoop. If you don't do that correctly, I feel like I can criticize that. I think that's fair, right? In, in real life, that's fair. Naomi Osaka, uh, different things like that. I apologize if I'm not saying her name correctly. Um, different things like that, addressing not even mental health issue, right? Just saying, I'm grown. I don't feel like talking to y'all. That's not a, that's just, I'm grown. Uh, so, you know, I see that as a different issue. Um, I feel like if I say Schroeder uh, is a starter on the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James and you score zero points and KCP, you score zero points, I feel like y'all trash, right? I feel like Drummond is out there. Um, Drummond is like a fish with legs that's never been on land. I've no idea. You know, I know he was a a, a big rebounder and um in Detroit and and in a short little stint in Cleveland, a couple years in Cleveland. 
But outside of that, I really see, I really have absolutely no idea what Andre Drummond does. Where was he drafted? He was like a first round. He's like a number one pick, right? Was that's 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 uh let's explore this for a second. Andre Drummond draft, right? 2012, right? He's a ninth overall pick. Detroit. Ninth, right? So who who went after Andre Drummond? That is of no. Alright, so first of all, 2012 is a sick draft. By sick, I mean uh, terrible. Uh, Draymond Middleton Evan Fournier, maybe, but they probably balance all because Evan Fournier will give you 18 points, uh, but he won't give you much else. Just like Drummond to give you 15 rebounds, but I mean, he won't give you much else. So this is a terrible draft. All right, so even who came before him, right? So the number nine pick was Andre Drummond. Number one that that year was AD. Um, Michael Kidd, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist was number two. Bill was number three. Deion Waiters, um, Thomas Robinson, Dame Lillard. Sacramento with the Thomas Robinson pick. You have Dame Lillard and Harrison Barnes and Terrence Ross. Um, and I'm, you know, this college, I'm not thinking uh, these days, but, uh, Terrence Ross is, and Harrison Barnes still better than Thomas Robinson. I'm, I'm not even sure this cat is. Um, in the NBA right now. Okay, so he hasn't played in the NBA since 2016 uh, slash 17. So th- that's why Sacramento is trash. We'll discuss Sacramento's uh, absolutely horrific draft picks. And actually, you know, we can discuss it right now. I've gone over this before, but I want to do it again. 2009, Tyreek Evans. 2010, DeMarcus Cousins. 2011, Big Mac. Uh, not Big Mac. Bismack Biombo. Why is this nigga name Bismack? Um, uh, but he was traded. Uh, 2012, Thomas Robinson. 2013, Ben McLemore. At number seven. 2013, the number seven pick was Ben McLemore. After that, um, CJ McCollum was at ten. Um, Steven Adams was at 12. Giannis was at 15. Schroeder was at 17. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. was at 24. Rudy Gobert was at 27. Trying to think of uh, some other, you know, uh, more high-profile players. There's other players here that are still in the league, but uh, Ben McLemore at number seven. Right, and that is 2013. Uh, obviously, Ben McLemore hasn't played for them in a very long time, so that was just a, a waste of a pick. Nick Stauskas, 2014. Willie Cauley Stein at the number six pick in 2015. Willie Cauley Stein, uh, 2016. Marquise Chris, who was traded, 2017. Fox, which is an excellent pick, Marvin Bagley, number two pick. Justin James, second round because they didn't have one. And then uh, Halliburton, um, who in hindsight, in my opinion, should have been picked up by the Warriors. I'm not sure if Wiseman was the um, the pick to go for the Warriors. Obviously, it's hindsight. Um, Melo would have been a, a, a fantastic pick. Halliburton would have been a fantastic pick. Uh, Edwards, of course, who went first, but still would have been a fantastic pick. Um, uh, uh, just a lot of different picks, though. So. Let's go back to the Lakers, right? So the Lakers are down 3-2 with LeBron James with Anthony Davis hurt. Knowing what history has given us, right, what history has taught us. History has taught us that if a high-profile team loses, more than likely they're going to bounce back with another superstar. Uh, The history of LeBron James tells us 
a high-profile team that he's on loses, he's going to bounce back the next year with a stronger roster. I don't exactly think they'll get pieces. I think they'll go for another superstar. I think they'll go for another star in general, right? Because um, a lot of these pieces that you can bring in, these role players, that, you know, they sit Schroeder and Schroeder, Schroeder, and in, in, in theory, is a fantastic replacement for Rondo uh, because he can he can still distribute, but he can score a lot better than Rondo can. Um, for OKC, he was coming off the bench as a six man. He's a twenty point scorer. Uh, when when they got Schroeder initially, I thought that was going absolutely be a, be a steal. It should be a steal. Uh, a dude that's averaging 16, 20 points off the bench as a six man, um, and then you come to be. Kind of the primary primary ball handler when LeBron is not on the court and when LeBron don't want the ball. To be obvious, I think LeBron don't even want the ball at this time. I think he just wants to post up and hit his threes um, and just kind of do his thing. But he's still forced to be the guy. And physically, he's still a guy, right? Physically, he's still a guy. He's still a guy either way. Mentally, especially IQ, all that, still a guy. But there's a distinct difference in how he can carry a team now versus 2014, obviously. I mean, this is seven, eight years ago. And how deep and how well Coach Phoenix is also makes a difference. You know, this is not first round against Charlotte. A first round against Orlando, or the first round against Detroit, and then a second round against Milwaukee. You know what I'm saying? These are not bullshit rounds. Um, with the when the playing game, the bad luck they had with injuries um, at the end of the season, because everybody had bad luck at the beginning of the season with injuries, except for the Lakers. Uh, Warriors struggled throughout the year, throughout the entire season with injuries. Um. Teams like the Pelicans, kind of midway, more, more, more to the end. Um, not a lot though. They didn't, you know, they didn't deal with much. Not like the Warriors. They're not even close, right? So that tells me LeBron loses. They're gonna bounce back strong with another player. We'll see who that player may be. I don't, you know, I'm not even really here to, to speculate about that, right? The Clippers are down three-two. And some things are going to happen. They're either going to completely blow up the team. Or. One of the superstars is gone. Or. They just get another superstar. They just get a third. Because the. Success of the Nets. Who are really determined. Who wants who wants to get a third? Right? If the next win a championship, then the Clippers and the Lakers, even if they don't get to the finals, right? Let's say one of them get to the finals still. Because I think even though the Mavs are up, they're still playing against Kawhi and Paul George, right? I mean, it's not it's not over. Uh it, and even if Anthony Davis uh, doesn't play. Phoenix is still playing against LeBron James. And Phoenix is Phoenix. The bad juju is not off yet. Um, you can't just shake the, duff, the, the dust off of one year and uh, and just win the championship. Uh, Toronto had a lot of turmoil, a lot of getting, getting their ass whipped. So I think them winning, them kind of really just sneaking it in was kind of the, the culmination of a lot of years of just getting spanked, right? Because they've always been close. And without LeBron, Toronto would have been going to the finals. They, they probably would have been to the finals at least four or five times. They would have they would have got one at, at the very least. They would have won one finals. Right? So, the Nets' success with KD, Harden, and Kyrie. See, this is... The thing with the Nets is the Nets have a different level of 
Nah, I wouldn't say that. I was going to say they have a different level of superstar. But healthy LeBron and healthy AD just won a fucking championship. So, you know, having Harden and having Durant, Kyrie is just, uh, all of them are unguardable, right? But it's not much else to really be desired on, on that roster. But it doesn't really matter when you got them those three. So it kind of feels like we're due for for a, a a big turn, a big change, and with the amount of injuries that we've had throughout the season, and how quick the seasons have been starting up, as far as the you know the last ones in a pandemic, seventy two games at really no training camp, and we're probably going to try to turn the next NBA season real quick. I think that the offseason will be so dramatic. Well, it'll depend on a couple of things, right? As as, As I said before, the Nets winning, it won't prove that you need three superstars. But it'll prove that with three, you can at least go to the finals and you at least have the not even the finals, the, the conference finals, you know. Uh, I mean, it, this is them based off winning. And I think that changes things, right? The the, the Wizards, uh, it's not sustainable. Westbrook will have to go just purely based off his contract. Bradley Bill at some point will have to go. One without One won't be there without the other. When when it's Washington's chance to fully rebuild, they can't do it with, with both of them. Cause build is too far along. And to be honest, he doesn't make anybody else better. But he'll put up 30 in at will. But he's putting up 30 with one rebound or two rebounds and two assists. You know, he, he's not making anybody better, but he's a bucket. He's going to be the third somewhere. Now, whether that's with either L.A. team, I could see it more possibly being with the Clippers just because they need a bucket. Um, the offseason acquisitions they, they they put together just, just, just not working. Luke Kennard. 80 million. He's not even he's not even fucking playing. Reggie Jackson starts. Um Reggie Jackson is he's not very good. I mean, he's he's not very good. He's getting paid like 30 million dollars, 20 million dollars, and he's it's an awful, awful basketball player. Um Zubak is terrible. Uh Serge Ibaka was has been hurt pretty much the whole year. But even if, when he wasn't hurt, I mean, it's not like he was putting up fucking 20 and 12, 20 and 8. Um, but it feels like if you look at the the Nets roster and the Clippers roster, you know, filling in the third superstar really will make it the same thing. Uh, Joe Harris. Uh, Claxton, uh, obviously, Dimwitty has been hurt. When Dimwitty comes back next year, they'll have even more. So if the Clippers follow that same mo with a third superstar, I mean, it's a similar roster as far as you know. Jeff Green is on the team. I mean, these are these are just regular NBA players. The Clippers currently just have regular NBA players. They just have just Kawhi and. And Paul George. So I feel like it's just a it could mean a lot. Um if the Clippers and Lakers lose, I think it would be fantastic for the Western Conference because it opens it up for you know for either Denver or Portland, for for Utah. You know, this could be a long time coming for Utah. Maybe Utah finally gets one. Um I mean, their dudes have been paid up as as far as the franchise 
since the early 90s. Um, it just seems like we're, we're in for another turn. And the competitiveness of this playoffs, uh, it's going to show a lot. I think uh, I like the rivalry between the Hawks and the Knicks. The Hawks just closed that out, of course. Even if it's new and fresh, it's very disrespectful to fan uh, spitting. It, that should be like a fucking uh, biological terrorist attack. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's COVID going on. And you're spitting at people. Uh, even if it wasn't COVID going on, spitting at people is a... Ooh, that's 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 assault. I think that's assault either way. Uh, snass whooping. I know that it's, it's, it's a, a definite, definite ass whooping. I just think the NBA could take a lot of uh, twists and turns, depending on who wins and who loses. Obviously, that happens every year, but it's a lot more dramatic this year. Uh, the Warriors are a little bit closer to breaking up because at some point, when does the organization reset? Like they've been on this playoff run since 2011 or 12. And it was on their finals run in 15. Was six years removed from that. Um, the first playoff run was... When also the Spurs, you know, it's 2011. It's a 10-year run. At some point, the organization has to rebuild. And uh, players like Curry, who's like 32, 33. Um, Clay, who's, who I believe is significantly younger. Who's to say Clay is not the third? And on one of the LA teams. He's an LA kid. Obviously, his dad won championships with the Lakers. Um, I didn't know his contract. But whatever his contract is, I'm sure it's a steal. He's it's Clay Thompson. He's one of the most clutch players. You know, a lot of people talk about Curry. Curry's one of my favorite players of all time. I think he's the best point of all time. It's just my a person paying my curry. Uh Clay's Clay's clutch gene is it's pretty unmatched, I would say. OKC game six, um, this is Sacramento game. It, the thirty-seven points in in the quarter. His hot hand is as crazy as it can get in the history of the NBA. Um, and obviously still plays excellent, excellent defense. Besides Drew Holiday, I would say he's a top three. He's a top three defender at the, at the perimeter at their position easily. What if Clay ends up somewhere? What if Steph ends up somewhere? Steph next year is making like $47 million. Uh, uh, you know, if the Warriors are not winning, you know, I know they're in a brand new arena. Maybe, you know, Steph pays for that arena. Him just playing. Him playing every year, he's going to pay for that arena. Um, so maybe that's the reason to not break up. Uh, but it feels like Draymond is someone uh, inching out the door. I think Clay. I don't see that from him, but at some point things have to move on, right? And Clay being a third piece to either Laker team, it it does two things, right? So I remember I remember an interview with Clay Thompson right before he re-signed. And um he said they could have just go to another team and they'll probably lose. And they'll definitely lose a lot more than he did with the with the Warriors. But he could put an all-time, or maybe he could, put put good stats together, right? Because when you're setting a, when you have a resume, when you put a, get a, together a Hall of Fame resume, I think Clay's already Hall of Fame. But when you put together a real deal, you know, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, James Harden, Michael Jordan, that's the position he plays. 
when you're putting together that type of resume, um, the things that all those cats have in common is they had a stretch of years, whether it was five, six, or seven, or eight, where they were easily the primary primary ball handling shooter. Uh, Kobe pretty much his entire time after Shaq. Jordan his entire time, and uh, especially uh, before they really started winning. Uh, late 80s Jordan was just going crazy, kind of by himself. Um, Wade um, had some years by himself. And I only mean that because those are just, those are primetime stat pattern years. There's nobody else on the team to score. So, of course, Jordan's going to average fucking 37. I mean, Jesus Christ. Judd Bushler is on the team. All right, okay, Jordan, go get you. Do you. Um, but Clay hasn't had that. Clay has come in um, as the number two, but has, you know, that's pretty much the sharing points. Clay has big games. Steph has had big games, but, you know, Clay just hasn't had uh, much time by himself, racking up points, really showing that by himself he's that guy. I think he's that guy. Uh, I don't think he needs to to, to prove that, but. You know, potentially a Clay Thompson, uh, Clay Thompson, uh, fall into one of these cats. It matters. You know, I haven't even looked at the free agency. There haven't been much free agency talk. If y'all, if y'all have noticed, uh, throughout the media, throughout everything this year, we, we haven't said, "Oh, the free agency class next year is going to be this and this." The draft class. There's been much talk about all that. A lot of focus has just been on this year, um, the championship this year, the MVP, and a lot of awards that go around it. So. You know, I think I just don't see uh I don't see the Lakers losing tonight. I don't see ending like ending like this. Because it ending like this could be it could be game changing, it could be rule changing type of thing, you know what I'm saying? Like LeBron losing the first round because of injury, things will change. Uh, there will be obvious rule changes. You know, this is not a, a, a an opinion. Shit will change. What is Zion go? How, well, now well, Zion go. You'll be with the Pelicans next year, but how long do the Pelicans get to do this? How long do the Pelicans get to string along young players and um, bring in? Because it's it's obvious it's ownership, right? It doesn't matter who you bring in. You bring in GMs, you bring in coaches, and they go other places and they become successful. Um, that's on you. You look at Minnesota, I've, I've always discussed the Timberwolves, I've always Sacramento, you can put the Pelicans in the same in the same um, site. How many times do they get to ruin generational talent? And um, not, not ruin, they didn't ruin Anthony Davis. Um, but they didn't do a great job in, in, in supporting Whatever that means, because they did have a, a good season. And then next year, he left. So, it's you know. So, a lot of this is dependent upon luck. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers got LeBron James twice. I mean, so, yeah. Yeah. Milwaukee got Giannis. At like, what pick was he? Uh, I think he was like 25. Yeah, Giannis like pick 25, son. Yeah. So I'm not sure what y'all think. Um, Being left with Portland, the Nuggets, the Mavericks, and Phoenix. (laughs) It's a a real, real... uh, What's the other team? Oh, in Utah. It's a real, real interesting-ass Western Conference. Chris Paul might not play this in game six. If they lose game six, they're not winning game seven. Uh, I mean, Phoenix. So we'll see. Uh, I think I want to get y'all opinion on that. What, what do y'all think happens if the Lakers and Clippers lose? I mean, these are heavy favorites in the Western Conference. 
it's going to be another. One of them is going to lose. One of them is going to lose. It'll be another missed opportunity for these teams to, to play in the playoffs for us to see it. And both teams, uh, I mean, obviously the the Lakers still have Anthony Davis, but both teams don't have first-round picks until like 2026, 2027. It's going to be a little rough. So, yeah. Let's talk about the fan issue, right? Okay, so we've had we've always had incidents with fans. Um, you, you know, Utah, anywhere. We won't point out a certain city, but, but I mean certain city or state, fuck Utah in general, but spitting, throwing a water bottle. Come on now. It, it's a little rough, right? When the popcorn thing happened with Russell Westbrook, I saw a lot of it's just popcorn. Um, obviously, it's not about what the object is. It's about the intent. You don't dump popcorn on anybody's head. Even if I know you, I won't dump popcorn on your head. Like, who does that, right? And then it elevates to throwing a water bottle. I'm not sure if y'all felt a water bottle. I'm not sure if you've had a water bottle tossed at you, but to have one thrown at you at a downward angle, let's just say two feet away, the shit is going to fucking hurt. It's not a... And even if it didn't, it's, 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 you don't throw stuff at people. Spitting at somebody... Oh, I, I'm not sure how we got to this point. I don't think these are. I don't think these are racial issues. I think these are. Not not just privilege issues. I think these are uh, entitled issues. I think these people think that. Well, the Utah shit is racial issues. Obviously, you call somebody uh, uh, the big ER. These are racial issues, obviously. Of course, obviously. This is a simulation thing as well, right? Whereas these people are so out of touch with reality that they literally need the oven to get hot. They literally need to feel the heat on their fingers. To understand that this is uh, real. Um, just like the, you know, that's why I brought up the, the TikTok um, dances and all the, like the prank people. I saw a lot of uh, pranks even throughout the pandemic. Uh, people fake sneezing on people, you know, tap people on the shoulder. Obviously, you know, pranks are not, it's not a fucking new thing. It wasn't invented two years ago. But doing a spray bottle of fake sneeze on somebody in the grocery store um, during a pandemic, that's going to get you your, it's going to get your ass whipped. So, you know, this has been a long time coming from the jackass era. I, I've discussed this before, you know, the, the MTV late 90s slash early 2000s era. It really showed that a, uh, America doesn't have a lot of integrity uh, when it comes to presenting uh, music and movies to audiences that can't properly understand it, but have no choice but to watch it anyway. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if you remember how wrestling looked in the late 90s, we are we are a super duper... In a lot of ways, we're a super conservative country right now. And I don't mean that politically. I just mean that, you know, if you think about the early 90s, it was real 
think about the movies that was coming out early 90s, right? It's the same type of era that we in now. You had a lot of uh, strong ethnic movies, a lot of Spike Lee, a lot of Do the Right Thing, a lot of Crooklyn, a lot of movies like that. We have the same type of shit going on right now. Uh, a lot of the country's values, um, things are changing as far as uh, religion. I think in the, the late 80s, early 90s is when, uh, to be honest, people being uh, gay was like more understood. It, it felt like the social, how, you, how do I do it? The social aspect of America grew in the 90s. And then somewhere along there in the late 90s, it just kind of exploded. And it exploded with uh, movies, music, uh, culture. I think it showed how much money could be made off of a person. I think these days are showing how much can be made off of uh, a brand. If you look at, um, let's say, like, say you have TikTok, right? There are more people doing more ads and more sponsorships than it's it's kind of it's it's actually pretty crazy. Like as soon as you open TikTok, there's a there's an ad. You get an ad instantly. And about every, I don't I follow like two people, right? I follow Gordon Ramsay. I follow three people. I follow Gordon Ramsay. I follow a pool cleaning company, and I follow uh, the bee lady, right? You know, and I also follow a monkey that opens up presents. Hey, these are just I just go for the entertainment. Throughout all of this, it's all ads. It's all sponsorships. People are making a shit ton of money. I can I can only imagine what the companies make off of stuff like this. I saw the thing with the, the boomer, the boomer chick. Um the hey boomer chick. She went she went viral. I believe that was maybe 2016 um for the presidential election uh for Bernie Sanders. This chick's moving to a two million dollar apartment. Uh, she, you know, I don't know her song. I don't know her hustle or work ethic. I won't say anything about that because you know I don't know anything about her. But uh, the fact that she could accumulate a lot of money from I'm not sure what uh, it, it, to me it's pretty. It's, it's very very fascinating. And I think at this point, you know, a lot of people, we talk about uh, things being monopolized. At this point, people are just growing companies just to sell them. Um, we saw that with Jay-Z and Tidal. Uh, you couldn't tell me he wasn't just growing that just to, to sell it. People do that. They've been doing that for, for years, for, for centuries. Um, and I think that's a lot of what's going on right now. So we have a... Everything is cyclical. I think the the late nineties, early two thousands, all the way up to two thousand eleven to fifteen is where the country kind of got more serious. Um, you could say more divided, but it was like that late nineties too. Not late nineties. I'm sorry, early nineties. Um, and there's division. Because there are being new rules that are being set and new parameters that are being set. Uh, this is not a, a a beginning of the decade, end of the decade type of thing. This is just how uh, America works. I believe in the late eighties, probably like eighty six to eighty eight, uh, is when the country got more conservative again. I think uh, kind of the, the the Persian Gulf War, I believe. Um, a lot of this stuff always wraps around a war and American uh, patriotism and a lot of other stuff, right? So late 80s, early 90s, there are a lot of skirmishes, I, I, I would call them, uh, between, you know, Kuwait, uh, Iran, Iraq. Uh, the Cold War was kind of coming to a, a halt, I guess. Uh, you had things going on with Germany. You you just had a lot going on. You had the AIDS epidemic. 
um, you had the uh, a gigantic uh, drug boom. You know, we, you know, I, I was talking to, I think, me and my coworker, my cousin, uh, about the mafia. Right? I've been, I've been stuck listening to and watching a lot of mafia uh, interviews and videos where these former cats who, you know, were hitmen and leaders, bosses, whoever they were, um, at one point. Now they're on the street, they're doing YouTube or whatever, you know, whatever floats their boat, whatever, you know, whatever makes them happy, right? So I see somebody like, let's say, Sammy the Bull Gravano, right? I listen to his YouTube, I watch his YouTube, I think it's very interesting stuff. For somebody to be convicted of 19 murders, um, first of all, for me to subscribe to his YouTube channel, because the 19 murders. Uh, he's, he's a monster. He's, you're a monster, right? You're a monster. It's 19 admitted murders at that. Organized crime murder. So it's, he's attached to a lot more than that. Uh, even if he set up the hit, that's, that's, that counts. But it's the mafia in general has been so, through through media, through movies, through TV shows, it's been so, I don't know, it... I guess cinemized. It's been so. I don't want to say glorified. It's been glorified. It's been really glorified to the fact that people don't understand that these are all real terrible, horrible people. Like you see the movie like Goodfellas. You see a movie like Casino. You see uh, a TV show like The Godfather of Harlem. These are people that were doing mass murders. These are people that were killing their best friends, their brothers, their cousins in the name of a code, right? Whatever, you know, that's their, excuse me, that's their code. But it's been so glorified to the fact that it doesn't even seem monstrous. It just seems like Oh, that's just what the mafia does, right? And and that's what I was discussing earlier as far as basketball. In reality, okay, KCP is absolute trash. KCP probably make $20 million a year. It doesn't even matter, right? Because, you know, one is bigger than the other. What the, the mafia stuff is so... It, it's, it's been removed to me. It feel like it's been removed from... The crime history of America that has been put into oh, that's just what the movies is. Like this stuff didn't really happen. And I, I'm saying all that to, to talk about how bad the late 80s and early 90s was when it came to drug epidemics, uh, cocaine, crack, um, and everything else in between. All of the movies, all of the shows we watch and we love, we listen to, Pablo, Narcos, all that shit was happening at small time. So, um, if you've seen um, any documentary on the mafia, I believe in the late 80s, early 90s, that was one of the last mafia wars, right? So, these mafia mafiosos, uh, uh, gunning each other down in the street. We all seen these all in movies. These movies are real life stories. Some of these things are, are you know have a little a little touch of cinema to them. But Goodfellas is a real story. Casino are real stories. These people uh, existed. We've seen Godfather. Mo Green is supposed to be Bugsy Siegel. Uh, this is this is all real stuff. And you think about all we watch on TV now, we just consume it as just regular television. But this stuff was real. Late 80s, the country was a fucking mess. So I think that every time um, these big pieces of, um, they're more like, like culture and art pieces for us now. But people living during that time, it was pure hell. You know, people talk about, oh, I'm cooking, cracking. They they put it up, they rap about it now. But 
it was whole miles and miles of neighborhoods and families of people and people that will never get any of that back. Like whole generations cut either through drug usage, selling drugs. Um, for instance, you know, if if I'm only child and I get locked up for 30 years, 40 years, I spend the rest of my life in jail. Well, that's the end of a generation. It's the end of a generation. You know, you think about all this stuff that happened. Um, the Nikki Bonds, the Frank, all this stuff, all these, the, the drug dealers and stuff like this is real life stuff. So the country usually goes through this and then it turns conservative. All right. So we kind of went through the, the late 90s boom, the early 2000s booms, the late 2000s boom. And right about 2011, 12, 15, we just start to see how serious things are again. And we crank things up. And then think well, things will go down and it'll, it'll downturn again, right? And and that's just how I, I'm not sure how, um, you know, I'm not a, a huge history buff. You know, I kind of feel like the early 60s in comparison to the late 60s, early 70s. Late 60s, early 70s just seemed like it was a real, again, another cultural boom. Um, you had a, a lot of opposition to war. You had a lot of uh, a musical boom. You had another drug boom when it came to, to heroin and, uh, and, and and cocaine and opium and different things like that. Um, it just seems like uh, just America is very cyclical. But it also seems like, of course, as history goes along, you have people that study history. You have people that studied kind of the art of uh, manipulation. And I think that our, uh, our the, kind of the politicians have, have mastered that art. And I watch a lot of uh, whenever I can, whenever I, I think about it, uh, I'll get caught in watching a lot of Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? Most people know Neil deGrasse Tyson is a uh, astrologist astronomer i forgot he's a super nerd right knows everything and uh one of the things he always discussed is that in government our government in particular there's really only one profession everybody is just lawyers um if you look at other let's say like uh i, I believe sweden and netherlands and other uh other democratic countries where there is uh, an actual government set there is usually a blend of top professionals we have top doctors we have top scientists we have top engineers we have top lawyers we have the top of the food chain um of each i guess socio economic chain that way the scientists have their people to speak for them hey this is science science says we should do this and this and you may even have a couple congress people or senators that are actual scientists either whatever the equivalent is in those countries to you know uh, politicians whatever they're scientists but then you'll have some engineers. You may have a couple architects, but you may have a couple doctors. And then the law people, they help put all those ideas and everything in the right. Right. But what we have is just a bunch of law people. They're the slickest. And this is the, the, the craziest thing is most Americans. Don't really like lawyers. Right. If you think about. Defense lawyers, defense lawyers by principle, by just pure morals, we're not talking money, we're not talking anything like that. If you accept money to defend someone that you know is a murderer, then you yourself is a terrible person, in my opinion. In my opinion. So the moral code has been shut down a long time ago in that aspect. 
But the reason why we get a lot of arguing and a lot of them getting um, citizens to argue with each other is, is that's their fucking job. That's what they do. They're professional talkers, professional arguers. So when you have people that it's it's their job to manipulate, it's their job to come up with not just facts, but things that just can sound like facts. Or maybe they could just get to the point where they could just say something and maybe you believe it and maybe you don't. It doesn't even matter if it's true or not. Um, I don't know. That's a, uh, that's a, it's a definite weakness uh, when it comes to society in America. Um, because you just don't have the people that have known and studied the facts. One of the things about uh, about Fauci, right? Uh, this is the thing. Obviously, shit is off. Sometimes they're wrong. Sometimes they're right. Everything is new. We're learning everything on a fly. And it's six billion people, and it's a, a airborne global pandemic. The fucking rules is not right in front of you, right? You learn and you grow it as things go along, but. At the end of the day, you have somebody that has studied medicine for 30 years. Whereas 30 years ago, I was completely useless. You were completely useless. If you're not his age and doing what he does, then you probably have absolutely no fucking idea what he's talking about, or how he's talking about, or how they come up with studies hypothesis and, and sharing facts and um sharing results and sharing information um we we need much better um representation of uh serious professionals in government because if you have people that have never had to because a lot of uh, at this point um it's it's moved to, and this happens in business also. That's why I know uh, it's a lot of lawyers because it's just a lot of business uh, minded people in government at this point. Um, nepotism, right? And nepotism is how you keep your wealth, in theory, right? And you keep your position, um, in theory. What it's start to happen if we've already had uh junior presidents, George Bush, his dad was president. Um and NFL, you get a lot of uh sons of uh coaches or other football players, etc. Um sometimes they get a little push to the front. In government and lower levels of government, you're starting to see it. And nepotism in government is even crazier because keeping those same ideals, first of all, we've always had keeping the same ideals between different parties. That's always been dangerous. Just imagine if you have the same ideals between people that are within the same family. That should have never leave. Let's say a representative from Texas, they're a representative from Texas, how many years, and then his son comes in. Well, it's a good chance that however bad or good this person was, um, the son or daughter are gonna be could be even at a, a more po- just potential horrible level. It's just yeah, just it just doesn't make any sense. But either way, I'm just just rambling. It's just uh, very interesting to me how we get to the point um, where we don't have actual representation of people, and uh, and things like that trickles down. It trickles down to society. It trickles down to business. And it just trickles down to a lot of things. It's very interesting. I don't know how I got caught up in it, but it's just it's just circling my head. I feel like I could talk another three hours about um 
just the what social media has done. I think social media has it's just accelerated things. So crazy. Uh what the last eight years have done, uh has done to the music industry, the movie industry, um life, uh dating, uh work life. Health, uh, whether mental or physical, um, how we live as far as, uh, you know, it, you know, it, it getting something delivered. I say this to my cousin, get like, if a company say, hey, we're going to deliver something to you in, in 10 days. If it's not a small business, if it's not some chick that makes fucking soap at our house, if it take her 10 days, that's cool. All right, you do your thing, you own person, you work on your own, you got your small business, I respect your grind. Take 10 days, it'll take 15. Okay, cool. Best Buy better not uh, take more than three. So the standards have gotten, look how quick the standards are now. Amazon could give me something today. So when it gets to the point where if I can get fresh food today from Amazon, um, why would I want less from anything else? Uh, why would I want anything less from any other type of service? I, mean, I, I think that's how Amazon is going to, well, now it's going to, that's how they've gotten in. Uh, that's how they're going to stay in. So uh, a lot of the people, um, that always uh, kind of complain about uh, socialism and socialistic type of uh, activities and programs. Uh, get used to big Amazon, baby. That's, that's all I got to tell you. But thank you all for listening. Uh, I really appreciate y'all getting into it with me. I, I, I really want to hear y'all feedback about really what happens on the Lakers. What happens in the Clippers lose? What has happened to... I wouldn't say our society because I don't think our society has, has downgraded. I think it has just become a little bit more desperate for attention. Um, but I think overall we, we, we are a million times smarter. Uh, and we're only going to get smarter. Like I said, uh, it, it's a very conservative point in the country right now. Um, just like in the early 90s, just like in the late 60s um, or early 60s, mid 60s, uh, things are cyc- cyclical. A uh, verbiage, it will be corrected. Uh, we usually go through a couple years of ignorance and then things come to a halt and then we fix them. That's how society goes. Uh, like I said, the late 80s to early 90s um, in comparison to you know, the let's say like the AIDS epidemic in the early 80s to the mid 80s. And uh, I, of course, I wasn't alive, but like mid 90s, people used to think you can get AIDS just by somebody with AIDS touching you. Like that's how. That's how ignorant things was. That's how, you know, that's how information was lacked at the moment. If y'all remember. Um, it was cats that did want to play against or with Magic Johnson when he came back to the NBA um, because they thought he they would contract uh, the HIV virus just from being around. I believe that was – it could have been Carl Malone. Uh, somebody didn't even want to touch him. They thought the sweat from him would, would give them HIV. So um, we can look back and call it a very ignorant time, um, but when you're living in it, how do you know, you, how do you know you're ignorant? It's just life. Um, so I think in, in, in a few years when the country starts really wilding the fuck out again, as far as another cultural, uh, boom, uh, again, early nineties, uh, rap music was really, really black. Uh, it was uh public enemy and I'm black. I'm blickety black. Like it was real black. And then about mid nineties, uh, late nineties. Uh, it became mainstream. And the second best-selling rap of all time is a white dude um, by the early 2000s. So um, 
like I said, these things change, and uh, our country is, is, is very, very cyclical, and history and life has showed us that um, everything flips. It always comes back around. So uh, I'd like y'all to not think about, you know, how bad, quote-unquote, bad times are now. Um, because for our parents and a lot of people older than us, uh, it was a lot fucking worse. So, pipe up, drink some coffee. Thank y'all for listening. Holler.